Listeners of the BSN podcast know that supporting local businesses in our blood. So we're super excited to tell you guys about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, and so much more. An ISO certified company that will work with you from design to final product that is both cost-effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of custom design material selection for your project or have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com. And of course, tell them BSN Denver sent you. What's up? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Friday. We are presented today by Total Beverage, where BSN listeners can get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more by using the code BSN2019. You guys can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. And Total Beverage now delivers to most of the metro area. They also have CBD products as well. So if you need your beer, wine, liquor, alcohol fix, and also your CBD fix, get it all from Total Beverage. They're a one-stop shop, but you can get it delivered to you while you're sitting right on your couch. Nothing better than that. On today's show, continuing the series uh, I began in part one uh, of this show, released Friday morning. One question that will define each player on the Nuggets season. Uh, I went over the starters in part one, released Friday morning. Now we'll move on to the bench, Uh, go down Denver's bench and give you guys one question for each player that I think will define their season. Let's start with none other than the Nuggets backup point guard, Monte Morris, who of course is coming off an unbelievable rookie season. I think blew every expectation that really anybody could have had for him out of the water. His final numbers on the season, 10.4 points per game on 49% shooting from the field, 41.5% from three, 3.6 assists per contest as well. My question for Monte Morris is simply, what is he going to improve on, right? He was so good in so many areas last year. He was great in the pick and roll. He was great at running the Nuggets second unit. He was an absolute knockdown shooter from three. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Shot 41.5% from three-point range. That mark put him in the 90th percentile of all guards. And this is a rookie, pretty much, who was never really regarded as an absolute knockdown shooter from three. Was great in the mid-range. 52% from mid-range per clean the glass. That put him in the 98th percentile of all guards. Was okay around the rim. That could be definitely an area where he improves just his finishing. Right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot. Wrong hand, wrong foot. Same foot, same hand. In uh, the paint, around the basket. But where is he going to improve? Defensively, I think he was really solid last year. You know, for a guy who's 6'3 and doesn't weigh a lot, I like to say he's like 170 pounds soaking wet. The cards are kind of stacked against him from a defensive standpoint, but I felt like Monte Morris was great defensively last year. I thought he bothered opposing point guards, picked up some guys 94 feet, and I wonder if that's a role Denver can use him in this season as well. So he was so good in so many areas. There's not really one that jumps off the page as one point of his game or one area of his game where he needs to improve. I'd say finishing around the rim is certainly a contender for that. Like I said, 59% for the rim he shot last year. That was only in the 61st percentile, so not as good as uh, his other numbers, but still you know, better than average. That can definitely be an area of improvement. I'll also be looking for improvement in the playoffs from him. 
And that might be actually the bigger question is, can he put his first playoff performance away? Can he totally flush that? Can he put that in the back of his mind? You know, he only played 16 minutes a game in the playoffs and your bench is going to play less, but he wasn't really effective in those 16 minutes. 5.4 points per game, 2.6 assists, but shot just 38.5% from the field. Did not hit a three in the playoffs as well. That was jarring. Uh, th- that was definitely surprising, especially with how well he shot it throughout the regular season. But I do have to think being in the playoffs, knowing what playing on that stage is like, he'll come back and have a much better playoff performance this go around. So that's my question for Monte Morris. What is he going to improve on? If I had to circle one thing that probably stood out the most just in terms of where he struggled last year, and it wasn't even you know him necessarily struggling. It was just what he shot at the rim, 59% from four feet and in, only in the 61st percentile. Still better than average, but not up to the rest of his game. That would be one area where he should be looking to improve. Next up, Malik Beasley. And for Beasley, I think it's pretty simple. His year is going to be defined by, in my opinion, probably how much playing time he gets. He filled in admirably. He filled in great as a starter for Gary Harris last year when, when Harris was banged up throughout you know the first half of the season, I'd say, and was really great for 17 games. Put up big numbers as a starter, showed he can really play in that role. But where does most of his playing time come from? And he averaged 23 minutes per game last year. Appeared in 81 games. Some of that was at the two. Some of that was at the three. Denver stacked at both those positions. So right now, his minutes are really unclear. You know, he's got to be on the floor for at least 20 minutes a game for sure. And if you're the Nuggets, you definitely like to get him on the floor for at least 25 minutes a game. But with Gary Harris here, with Will Barton, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., Wancho, who are all going to be battling for minutes, I don't know if that's possible. You know, can he win the starting small forward job? Yeah, I think he can. I think the Nuggets will give him a chance to do that. And that would definitely be a way he could play over 30 minutes a night or or closer to 30 minutes a night. Uh, But I think his year could be defined by just how much playing time he gets because right now it's kind of unclear. And if I just had to forecast it, I see Beasley having a pretty similar year to what he did last year. You know, somewhere in 11, 12 points per game, shooting pretty efficient from the field. He was 47% from the field last year, which is a healthy number, 40.2% from three. Uh, which is a great number from three. Uh, That mark put him in the 91st percentile of all wings. He he is in the wing category per clean the glass, not the guard or the bleed ball handler category like Monte Morris. From mid-range, he was great. Shot 44% from mid-range in the 80th percentile. At the rim, he was great. 66% from four feet and in in the 76th percentile. So his offensive profile looked great last year. But it's just about how much playing time he can get. If he gets more playing time, I think he'll really emerge as one of those up-and-coming guys in this league. I was pretty shocked he wasn't on the USA Select team this summer, to be honest, something I know he would have accepted if given the opportunity. But maybe he just needs another year, another year to build his stock. And with the same amount of playing time he got last year, I think he can do that. But with more, I think he could really flourish. But the thing is, it's going to be tough to get him that playing time. The Nuggets also have that extension with Beasley that they can get done before the start of the regular season. Of course, if they don't reach a deal, he's still under contract for next year, and he will still be a restricted free agent following next season. Uh, But a team could definitely try to pry him away at that point. I think the Nuggets would definitely want to keep him here long term, but we'll see if the two sides can uh, get to a deal. So 
All in all, Beasley's year is going to be defined, I think, by how much playing time he gets. I have a feeling of the type of player he'll be next year. No reason to think the shot is going anywhere. No reason to think what he did last year from beyond the arc was make-believe or an illusion. I think he'll be around a 40% shooter from three again. His offensive profile will probably be the same. Defensively, I'm looking for him to take some steps, not only as an on-ball defender, but as a team defender, as a help side defender, and also as a secondary creator. I know he's been hard at work with that this summer, and so be curious to see what type of player he comes back to camp as. But the playing time, it's still up in the air. Not sure what it's going to look like. I think the best bet is that he'll play about as much as he did last year, potentially a little less, because his minutes were a bit inflated with all the injuries Denver had. So we'll see. All right, I'm going to cover these next two players at the same time because the one question I have for them next year is the same. It's Torrey Craig and Wancho, Aaron Gomez. I think their seasons could very well be defined by how well they shoot the ball from three. Like, Torrey Craig can be a contributor for the Nuggets shooting the ball how he did last year. 32.5% from three. If you look at his percentages, really improved over the course of the season. In October was terrible, under 15% from three. In November, he was under 20% from three. In December, he was better, 35.5% from three, then down to 32 and 28% from three in January and February. But then something either clicked or he just got hot. In March, Torrey Craig shot 41% from three. In April, he shot 47% from three. He can contribute to the Nuggets, to winning basketball. He can play a 15 20 minute per game roll off the bench, I think, for Denver and will next season if he's still shooting, you know, 33, 34, 35% from three. But if he comes into next season and proves over the course of October and November that he is the shooter that he was in March and April, boy, that opens up a much bigger role potentially for him. Not a lot of people remember this. It was a long time ago, so it's okay if you forgot. But Torrey Craig got moved out of the starting lineup last season. When Denver kept getting off to those really poor starts in first quarters of games, they just couldn't score. They were falling behind. And looking at the film, it definitely seemed like Torrey Craig's inability to keep the defense honest from three hurt the Nuggets starting unit. The spacing wasn't right. They were cheating off of him. And sure enough, Denver made some changes. So if he comes back and he is the guy from three-point range who he was at the end of the season, I think that really opens up his ceiling and you know really could heighten his role with this team. The same goes for Wancho, and I've said it once, I've said it a bunch on this podcast, but for Wancho to be a role player for the Nuggets, he's got to shoot around 40% from three. That's a high watermark. Not a lot of guys shoot 40% from three in this league, but if Wancho's going to crack this rotation, he's got to be an absolute knockdown shooter. He can be that guy. Shot 41% from three his rookie year. Has had some months where he's looked like that knockdown shooter. Has had some months where he hasn't is coming off a World Cup for Spain where he shot 44% from three. Yes, that's from a slightly closer in line. The FIBA line, was it? About a foot and a half closer to the hoop than the NBA line. But, you know, his form looks there. He's shooting the ball with confidence. So if he can be shooting 40% from three, then I think you're talking about Wancho as a potential role player, a potential consistent rotation guy for the Nuggets that's in Michael Malone's lineup every night. If he's not finding his shot from three, if he's in the mid to low 30s, I think it's tough to get him on the floor because for his skill set, he's got to be a knockdown guy. Uh, So I think for Torrey Craig, for Wancho, how they shoot the ball from three, it seems pretty simple, but I think that could really define their seasons. If you guys are out and about this weekend looking to sip on a frosty beverage, 
I've got a new recommendation for you. It's another beer from Breck Brewing. It's called Colorado Core. I'm not sure if you guys have had it. I tried one for the first time this week. We got a fridge at the BSN Denver offices, courtesy of Breck Brewing, that's just always stocked with Breck beers. I know, pretty cool. But I tried out Colorado Core. I love it. I gave it my personal stamp of approval. What it is, if you haven't had it, Breck Brewing pretty much collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company to create an apple blonde ale that tastes like late summer in a glass. And look, we're in the middle to late portions of September. We are in late summer, soon to be fall. I feel like this beer would be good for the fall as well. Um, It's brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider, so you really get that rich apple taste from the fabled Palisdale Grand Valley produce region. Colorado Core, it's like crisp, it's tart, tastes like apples, it's clean, it's got a dry finish. It's crafted to reduce gluten, so you won't feel guilty reaching for this crowd pleaser time and time again. It's a great beer. You guys should definitely try it out. I know I've been pushing Strawberry Sky because it's just been my beer of the summer. I know it's late in the season, but Colorado Core is giving it a run for its money. It's in all your favorite liquor stores. Pick one up this weekend. Tell me what you think. If you're drinking a Colorado Core or a Breck beer, make sure to take a picture and tag us at BS Denver on Twitter and tag Breck Brewing. We'll retweet it. It's a fun thing we're doing for all our followers who are drinking Breck beers. Before I move on and get to one question that will define the rest of the Nuggets bench next season, are you in need of a top dog electrician? Because for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract company in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the BSN back to school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small. For Piper Electric, they work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off of your next service call. All right, back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, as always, we're presented by Total Beverage. Moving on with the Nuggets bench here, let's move to Michael Porter Jr. You know, Michael Porter Jr.'s season is going to be defined by opportunity. You know, how much rope are the Nuggets going to give Porter? How much leash are the Nuggets, who just won 54 wins last season, are contending for the Western Conference Championship? How much rope are they going to give a rookie who hasn't played a game in 18 months? Right? Porter's last game at Missouri was around 18 months ago, or it will be around 18 months ago when the Nuggets' regular season kicks off. How much rope are they going to give that guy? For most teams, a rookie, a 20-year-old breaking into an already rock-solid and deep rotation where Denver has two NBA caliber rotation guys at every spot on the floor. That stuff doesn't usually happen, but Michael Porter Jr. is a special circumstance. He's a different case. Uh, He's an uber talented rookie who's already been around the team for a year, which I think will help immensely. So my question for Porter is how much of an opportunity is he going to get next year? I think Denver will definitely give him a chance to earn a regular spot at Michael Mullins nightly rotation throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. And if what he's done in the gym throughout the summer is any indication, he can definitely win that spot. And I still think Denver will take it slow, though. I still think, you know, if he does win a spot in Michael Mullen's rotation, maybe he's playing five to ten minutes a game right away. You don't want to give him too much too fast. Again, this is a guy who hasn't played a basketball game in 18 months. There's going to be an adjustment period, right? And then if he does win that spot in the rotation, how big of a leash is he going to have? How big of a rope are the Nuggets going to give him? Because Denver this season, compared to last season, I think will approach the regular season a little differently. 
I'm not sure the Nuggets are going to be you know, hunting down that number one seed in the West like their life depends on it. They didn't do that last year, but you definitely got the sense the Nuggets wanted it. This year, I think they might take a bit more of a cautious approach, you know, prioritize health, dial back their starters minutes during the regular season, but you know, also definitely, uh, of course, try to win a lot of games, get home court advantage for as long as they can, but don't put that above their health. And maybe that means they give Porter a bit more of a leash and a rope than they would if they were really going all out for that one seed. You know, I don't know. Maybe Denver does go all out for that one seed. And, you know, if Porter is in the rotation on opening night and he's not playing well and, you know, that continues for a month, maybe he gets benched. But I also wonder if the taste that Nuggets got of the playoffs last year means they can afford to experiment a little and are fine experimenting a little with going deeper into their bench, of course not playing you know, some of their stars as many minutes and really trying to give Porter every opportunity that they can to just get fully comfortable and fully in rhythm because he hasn't played in so long. So that's the most intriguing thing for me when it comes to Porter. Just what's his role going to be? How long of a leash is he going to have if he doesn't get off to a good start next season? And again, he's a rookie, so expectations I think should be low for him. He's a rookie who hasn't played in nearly two years, you know, hasn't played a basketball game in nearly two years. Just what is his level of opportunity going to be like next season? Next up, Jeremy Grant, a guy I'm very excited to you know, not always only talk about, but watch next year because I think he's going to have a huge impact on this team. How many different roles can Jeremy Grant fill for the Nuggets next season? How versatile is he? Like those are the questions that I have that I think will define his season because I think the Nuggets will try to use him in a lot of different spots. Obviously at the four, his best position, I think, in the position he'll play most frequently, but also guarding threes. You know, when the Nuggets are playing the Clippers, the Lakers, a lot of those top Western Conference teams, maybe the Bucks, if they're playing Milwaukee, you know, going up against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jeremy Grant's going to be guarding all of those guys, and some of those guys are playing the three. Uh, will he play the five, which is just a look I really hope the Nuggets go to next season because I think that small ball look with him at the five next to a bunch of guards and shooters, maybe even Wancho at the four, that could be an interesting look, I think. So he, we know he's extremely versatile, but just how many different roles is he going to play? Are the Nuggets going to try to play him at the three at all? Or the Nuggets going to try to play him at the five? I think they should you know, investigate those scenarios. Um, but he'll definitely be playing most of his minutes at the four. And I think he's going to have a huge impact for this team. He's a natural fit next to Nikola Jokic. I think that combination is really going to pop. My prediction is I think the Grant-Jokic pairing has a better net rating than the Millsap-Jokic pairing. I think he's going to close a lot of games for the Nuggets. He's a player who I think could see his playing time increase from what it is over the course of the regular season to what it is in the playoffs. And just my question for him is just how many different roles is he going to play for the Nuggets? He is going to definitely be a jack-of-all-trades for Denver. He's going to do a little bit of everything. He's going to shoot from three. He's going to finish around the rim. He's going to play with an endless combination of front court partners and potentially the five himself. The more roles he play, I think that could raise Denver's ceiling and with how versatile he's shown he can be over his career, I think he could definitely wear a lot of hats for the Nuggets next season. If you guys are looking for flowers, concentrates, edibles, topicals this weekend, 
make sure to hit up The Green Solution. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution where you can actually just pick up your order right there. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Also, I want to remind you guys, if you're not a subscriber to bsndenver.com, you'll be missing out once training camp rolls around here in a little over a week. Right now, you can get a subscription to BSN Denver for just $3.74 a month. That's almost 50% off our regular monthly price. You also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver merch store. And also, BSN Denver subscribers have preferential treatment when it comes to submitting podcast questions. Just submit them on bsndenver.com in the comment section on any one of our podcasts. That section is only open to subscribers. So if you guys leave a question there, I'll get to it before the first break. If anybody else has questions for the show, at Harrison Wind on Twitter, and I'll either answer those on Twitter or talk about them on the podcast or maybe both. Or you can always hit my email, wind at bsndenver.com. When it comes to Vlako Chanchar's ear, the question that I think will define Vlako Chanchar's season is how quickly does he acclimate himself to the NBA game? Over the past two summers, I've come away from each of his performances at Summer League, each of his stints in Las Vegas saying, okay, this guy looks like an NBA player. I think he can shoot the ball at an NBA level. I think he's an NBA caliber athlete. No, not a hyper athlete by any means, but athletic enough. He's strong. Seems like he has an NBA body already, even though he'll be a rookie next season. He can attack the rim. He's a smart, high IQ player. He knows where to be on offense, on defense. He's unselfish, and he can really fit well in the Nuggets system around Nikola Jokic. But like I said, just to sum that up, he's looked like an NBA player. And so I think he'll acclimate himself fairly quickly. He was playing in Spain last year. He's playing as a professional in top leagues in Spain and around Europe for a while. So you think he'll acclimate himself fairly well, and he's buried on the depth chart right now at small forward behind a lot of guys, Will Barton, Torrey Craig. Wancho, Michael Porter Jr. potentially. But the thing about Vlako Chanchar is like you know what you're getting with him, I think. I feel like Denver has a pretty good idea of what he's going to offer if the Nuggets need to call upon him. And one of my takes about Chanchar next season, if he has to fill in on Denver's bench unit for an injury or something, that second unit won't miss a beat. I think he'll be able to step in admirably and just kind of fill in and plug a hole. He'll be a plug-and-play guy that can play a couple different positions, the three or the four. And I don't think you'll notice a drop-off with Denver's unit, the Denver's second unit, if he was to come in. So I guess to answer my own question, I think he'll acclimate himself fairly quickly just because of his game. He plays like a mistake-free brand of basketball. He's not going to take too many chances, I don't think. He's just going to play within himself. And because of that, I think there is an outside chance he could actually sneak into the rotation at times this season. If there's an opening, you know, if, if there's an injury, maybe he could take a bench job, a job on the second unit and run with it. Uh, but just with his brand of basketball that he plays, his skill set, his IQ, his makeup and demeanor, I think there's a chance he can definitely be a player. And maybe he could be a player sooner rather than later. So of course, I'll be watching for how quickly he's able to acclimate himself to the NBA game. And if that does happen fairly quickly, like I expect it to, maybe this is a guy who could be playing for Denver at times next season. When it comes to Mason Plumley, the question that I think will define his season, it's similar to Michael Porter's because it's about opportunity, but it's different because Plumley played last season. And he will be going from a role where he played a lot more minutes last year than I think he'll be playing this coming season. 
Like Plumlee averaged what around twenty minutes per game last year, twenty one point one to be exact. There's no way he can average twenty one minutes per game this year. I, when putting together rotation, it's tough to pencil him in for more than, you know, fifteen minutes a night. And so when it comes to Mason Plumlee, like you know what you're getting. The Nuggets know what they're getting. They know they have one of the better backup centers in the league. Definitely throughout the regular season, he was last season. But now they've got Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap is still here. Where exactly his minutes will come from is a bit muddled. You wonder about what his opportunity is going to be for next season. How much of an opportunity is he going to have? And is he going to be okay playing maybe 10 to 15 minutes a night? Sure, on some nights, he'll play more. If Denver rests Jokic, Jokic will be in foul trouble from time to time. If Nuggets rest Millsap, he'll play more. But when Denver is healthy, when they have their full rotation, it's tough envisioning him playing you know, more than 15 or 17 minutes a night. That's just how deep Denver is. So you wonder how that's going to sit with Plumlee, a guy who's really prideful and has played a lot of minutes and a lot of really important minutes for the Nuggets next season. Like he's still going to be a really valued member of the rotation for sure. Denver will need him at points this season. Mark my words. They will need Mason Plumlee, but it doesn't seem like they're going to need him as much as last season because Jeremy Grant does some of the things Plumlee does. Not all. I don't think he's like the rebounder Plumlee is. And Plumlee does a couple of things differently. But you know, Jeremy Grant's a better player. And I think Grant's strengths and some of the diversity and uniqueness and versatility of his game will overlap with Plumlee a bit. So Plumlee's opportunity is going to be less this season. And look, he's just going to have to make sure he maximizes it. And I think he will. Like He'll be really solid if he's playing five minutes or 20 minutes. But just you wonder about the playing time. When it comes to Jared Vanderbilt and Bol Bol, two guys who I think could definitely use some G League minutes. Bol Bol for sure, but also Jared Vanderbilt. Only played in four G League games last season, and um, he could definitely still use some seasoning. We saw that at Summer League where he flashed that potential. Uh, the rebounding prowess was obviously on display. I was hoping he was going to handle the ball a little more at Summer League, but he did not you know, really initiate or playmaker have the ball in his hands as much as I thought he would. So we didn't really get to see that, but he still has that, you know, he still got that in his bag, but he just seems like a guy who needs some more reps at this point in his young career as does Bobo. And that's the thing Bobo needs. He needs reps. He needs to build up his body and add strength and just get acclimated to a professional NBA like environment. So I could see those two playing a bunch of G League games this year. And for them, the questions that will define their seasons, it's just going to be about How much can they grow their games and develop in the G League? Because Denver has developed players from the G League before without an affiliate, which is incredible that the Nuggets have been able to bring Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, who even played games for Sioux Falls during his rookie season, which was a while ago. It's easy to forget that. But Denver has been able to bring guys through the G League and develop them without a G League affiliate. And I think they'll attempt to do some of that with Bull. And obviously, Vanderbilt, I think, could use some G League seasoning as well. Like, the path to the Nuggets rotation for those guys is clear, you know? Pay your dues in the G League, get better, improve, be around the team, be around Denver, the facility, throughout the offseason, ingratiate yourself to the organization, and, you know, you can move up into a rotation spot like Torrey Craig has, like Monte Morris has, like Malik Beasley has. But they've got to put it on themselves to improve. And I don't know Bull Bull as much. 
obviously have not been around him since Denver just drafted him this summer. But, you know, from what you've heard, I talked with his Oregon coach, Dana Altman, who said he was a hard practice player. He took practice seriously. He practiced hard. But Vanderbilt's a worker as well who is a gym rat. He's a gym rat. He lives in the weight room. So I wouldn't be necessarily worried about those guys, like, improving their games. They'll improve their games on their own. But just how much can Vanderbilt improve this season? Can Vanderbilt get to a point where Denver can go to him late in the year or at the midway point of the year if there's an injury in the front court and they need him to supply consistent rotation minutes? Can he be that guy for the Nuggets at some point late in the season and then come back next summer, a year from now, and contend for a real you know rotation spot off the Nuggets bench? That should be his goal. And for Bol Bol, just you know, get acclimated to an NBA environment, improve your game, improve your body, and just keep trending upward. Because Vanderbilt's ETA to the Nuggets rotation, I think that's sooner than Bulls for sure. You know, Bulls could still be a couple years away, where Vanderbilt's could be you know later this season or definitely a year from now. But for both of them, this season is just about internal improvement. Just how much better can each of them be? Let me know what you guys think. I welcome all comments, questions, nuggets, takes, things you agree with, things you disagree with. Comment on bsndenver.com. That's where our subscribers should go. Or hit me on Twitter at HarrisonWind or through my email, wind at bsndenver.com. That's all I got for this week. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. Talk to you guys then. Hey, BSN listeners, as always, I'm really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away everything from long-term migraines to back pain and arthritis, along with IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, pretty much you name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. Better yet, you'll get it shipped straight to your door.